I started thinking about this, trying to, I told Sean back there, trying to put something together for a while, and I heard a statement visiting with a young lady that was a social worker. <laughs> and uh, we were talking about her job, and she worked in Midland, Texas, and this was what was alarming to me. And I said, what kind of social work? She said, I do human trafficking, and up until a few years ago, I didn't even think that existed in this part of the world, but it does. Uh, we've had some people come talk to us at school about that, and we try to teach our school kids about it. And, uh, but the statement that alarmed me said, in Midland, Texas, I can get somebody at your door, order somebody, and have them at your door faster than the Domino's can deliver a pizza. <laughs> That's disturbing to me. That's another lesson, but that got my mind thinking, how could, how could we get there? How could anybody do that to someone? How could anybody think, much less order them, but enslave somebody to make money for them against their will in this day and age in Texas? And she said Amarillo wasn't as bad. You get a pizza first, but you can still get it done. And that's going to be a topic down the line. And you might think, well, we're not going to go out in human traffic. Well, it might not talk to us now, but I wanted to tell you that's what got my mind started. But sometimes when we're dealing with others, like Britt said this morning, talked about, and I promise you, him and I didn't get together to team up on anybody. But when we're dealing with others, sometimes we put ourselves up above them maybe, and there's a little riff that can divide us. So I, I think it's something in our country that... that he, as he said this morning, it's about self. If I don't like it, I change it. Uh, schools are teaching history different now. I mean, they're telling us all kinds of things. We're teaching history like history happened. I'll tell you that at Shamrock. If you come listen to history class, it's going to be as it happened. Uh, but uh, there's a lot of things, and it's about self and self. So we're going to talk a little bit about being humble and humility. And that's where I knew I'd change my title, but that's what it is today. Uh, I'm going to tell a story. Some of you know my dad, and some of you might not, but he had a little sense of humor. And he used to like singing a song that came out in the 70s, Lord, it's hard to be humble when you're doing the best that you can. Can't wait to look in the mirror because I get better looking each day. <laughs> and when he did something or had the right answer, he'd kind of rubber smear our face in it a little and sing that song to us, and it kind of irritates you. But that's talking about somebody that's very proud of themselves. That song, the whole song, is about somebody that's proud of himself and describes how wonderful it is that we're blessed with his presence. I've tried to tell Shona that she, how blessed she is, but she had not believe it yet. Okay, we're going to begin in Luke 14, verse 7, the wedding feast. And he put forth a parable to those which were bidden, and he marked how they chose out the chief room, saying unto them, When thou art bidden of any man to a wedding, sit not down in the highest room lest a more honorable man than thou be bidden of him, or be called of him. And he that bade thee, thee, and he that come and say to thee, give this man place, and thou begin with shame to take the lowest room. But when thou art bidden, go sit down at the lowest room, that when he bade thee, cometh. He may say unto thee, friend, go up to the higher, then thou shalt have worship in the presence of them that set at the meat with thee. For whosoever exalteth, exalteth himself shall be abased, and he that humbleth himself shall be exalted. Basically, if we're invited somewhere, 
Don't just assume that you're going to be sitting with up to the hive with the honorable. And if we're invited up there and there's only one seat and two of us, don't be afraid to go sit at the low seat and earn your way back to the high seat. See, that's, a, that's something novel in today's society. I get out of college and I'm, I know more than anybody in the building that I'm working in usually. I'm smart. I just graduated. And we want to start at the top. See, we're not entitled to anything in life and we have to work to get there. So don't assume that you're at the top automatically. And we see many times that our pride will bring us down and before honor is humility. And we're taught here that works of charity are better than works that appear great. We can't be, see, be deceived by appearances. God shows favor to the humble. And whosoever shall exalt himself shall be abased, and he that shall humble himself shall be exalted. But he that giveth more grace, whosoever he saith, God resisteth the proud, but giveth grace unto the humble. <clears throat> if we exalt ourselves, we shall be abased, and we humble ourselves exalted. There's a pastor after a sermon one day he told the church he was going to leave. And uh, going to take another job, so he resigned his position. An uh, uh, elderly person came up, and she was weeping uncontrollably. And he said, can I help you? He said, well, I can't believe you're leaving us. And she's just trying, he's trying to console her and said, well, I'm, it's going to be okay. They're going to find somebody that's better than me. And she just kept weeping uncontrollably, and she finally got out. That's what the last three have said, and they keep getting worse. See? He had put himself up high, hadn't he? He put himself up high, and when he you put yourself up high, something you're not humble yourself. You put yourself up here, somebody will come knock you down. And when that happens, when you're up here and you get knocked down, it really kind of offends you, and, and that's when the bitterness can come in at times that like we talked about this morning, and you're offended because they, they knocked you back down to where you belong. Pride displeases God, Proverbs 8 and 13. The fear of the Lord is to hate evil, pride, and arrogancy, and, evil, and the evil way. In a froward mouth do I hate. Hate's a strong word, very strong word. And here it says, the fear of the Lord is to hate evil, pride, and arrogancy, and the evil way. In a froward mouth do I hate. Arrogancy here means majestic, pomp, proud, swelling. A froward mouth means perversity or fraud, talking to hear yourself talk, thinking you're better than others and letting everyone know it. That's displeasing to God. The prideful will fall. Whosoever let him that thinketh he standeth take heed lest he fall. We need to be conscious of our weaknesses and not feel that we have none or we will fall if we think we're standing alone. This, uh, on the plane flight, the pilot sent his his flight attendants, they worked real hard to get through this flight. It was rough. It was bad, and they were tired. It was long. And the pilot, as I would say, when he landed the plane, his little rough, but he pancaked it on the runway. <laughs> and he's sitting here going. Their policy was you had to go stand at the door and talk and invite people back, thank them for flying with you. And he's like, man, I don't want to do this because it's a rough flight. And I'm a bad landing. The passengers are going to let me have it. <laughs> but he said, not prideful, he went and did his job and stood there. They come through, and to his amazement, nobody said much. They said, thank you, thank you. And an elderly 
person was walking up in the cane, and she said, sir, I have one question. And uh, he said, what's that? She said, did we land or get shot down? So up until that point, everything was fine. But I'm going to ask you, if he went in with attitude like he was the perfect, everything was fine, it's somebody else's fault, how would you take that statement? Would you take it well? He went in with attitude knowing that he didn't feel like he performed well and did his job. Therefore, he could take it well. You see, sometimes if, if we just realize that we have weaknesses, realize we have faults, realize we have shortcomings, just like everyone in this room, and we're not above anybody, we're all in this together trying to get to the same place and do right and live Christ-like, we can laugh at things that might hurt our feelings at times. We can enjoy one another. So we need to, sometimes it's a way in our life how we're perceiving things or how we're seeing things. And if we just change our perception a little and, and reboot, um, it gets a lot easier for us. God wants us to live humble lives. He has showed thee, O man, what is good and what doth the Lord require of thee, but do justly and to love mercy and to walk humbly with thy God. Do justly, love mercy, and walk humbly with thy God. That's what he wants for us, to live humble lives. He has a promise to the followers, humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord, and, and he shall lift you up. And we need to understand only by the grace of God do we have a chance of the heavenly home. We need to humble ourselves in the sight of the Lord. The humble will be rewarded. Whosoever therefore shall humble himself as a little child, the same is greatest in the kingdom of heaven. You know, sometimes at work, and I've made this statement that Melvin made in his story. He had a rough day and goes home and... Everything went wrong. It was a Monday on a Thursday, and those are worse than Mondays on Mondays. And, uh, and things weren't going right. He went in, and he's disgusted, complaining. Uh, nothing went right. Nobody listened to him. Nobody liked him. The whole world hated him, having a pity party. I've had those. Uh, and nobody joined, kind of like with Melvin. His wife said, well, the whole world doesn't hate you. He goes, well, how do you know they? He said, the whole world doesn't even know you. See, we assume a lot of things in life. Uh, we assume that it's about us always, <laughs> and it's not. I had a favorite line when I coached and taught, and I hadn't used it in a while. I'd tell kids, uh, the world doesn't revolve around you, and it's my job to teach you what your parents want. <laughs> this is not revolving around you. This is a team. This is, is we work together. And, uh, and, and that's really what we lose sight of sometimes. But we see here, if we're humble ourselves as a little child, what's a little child? When they're trying to do a task or get scolded, do they forget quick? Mine did. Mine still forget when they get in trouble, what I tried to get them to do at times. But they go back and they try again, learning to walk. Did they just quit because it's hard? They keep on. So we need to humble ourselves as a little child when, in our dealings in life. And we don't need to get too caught up in our lives that, that we think we know it all or we're the, uh, everybody should just listen to us. Jesus followed the will of God. And being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even to the death of the cross. We have an example here that Jesus was willing to lay aside his divine form and glory and make himself a servant. He came to save us from sin. He was obedient to death. 
Jesus knows exactly what we went through. He lived it and gives us an example of how to live an humble life of a servant in this world. Even as the Son of Man came not to be ministered unto, but to, but to minister and to give his life as a ransom to many. Jesus came to serve and shed his blood so we may be redeemed by his blood. He did not come as a king, but a humble servant. Here are two examples of Jesus that, that Jesus gave us that he was, humbled himself to come save us. <clears throat> Second Corinthians 3 and 5, God is a source of strength and power. Not that we are sufficient of ourselves to think any of thing of ourselves, but our sufficiency is of God. We need to always remember that all that is good comes from above. We must always do things that glorify God and serve him in a way that's pleasing. When serving is, serving is not about the, one, the server, but the ones being served. <clears throat> you know, when I was talking to Kenan one time about things in basketball, and we talk about other things in basketball, but that's, we do talk about basketball some. Saying to be confident in yourself and go and you try to be the best and you, you make it, let everyone know. She said, Dad, we're supposed to be humble. How do I do that? And I thought that was a pretty good question come for her. It kind of floored me a, a little bit because I just thought she was going to listen to me. She said, Dad, but in the Bible it says be humble. See, I think we can, we sometimes get confused. We can have confidence in ability. We can have confidence in ourselves. We can have confidence in, in God's word. We can have confidence in our religion. We can have confidence in our jobs. We can have confidence in our relationships. The difference in this is the confidence and arrogance is, I'm, is if I think I can play better than you and I tell you about it every time I see you. <laughs> or if I think I'm living more righteous than you and I let you know it every time I see you. You know, that's, that's what we talk about, about not being humble. You can be confident. And I found these, I put this up here because of that question she gave me once. Humble on the outside, confident on the inside. Be humble in your confidence, yet courageous in your character. Calm, be alert, relax, be ready, smooth but sharp, humble but confident. Be strong but not rude. Be kind but not weak. Be bold but not a bully. Be humble but not shy. Be confident but not arrogant. I think we do need to be confident in ourselves. I think as Christians, people need to see confident people. I believe that. But they also, we also need, there's a way, difference between confidence and arrogance, and we need to be humble in how we go about our, our lives. Lastly, we're going to read this. Uh, we're, we need to remember we're tools in the hand of God. <coughs> Excuse me. Samuel Bringle, who was an early, early, Salvation Army official was once introduced as the great Dr. Bringle. He later wrote in his diary, If I appear great in their eyes, the Lord is most graciously helping me to see how absolutely nothing I am without him and helping me keep little in my own eyes. He does use me, but I am so concerned that he uses me and that, I, that it is not of me the work is done. The axe cannot boast of the trees it's cut down it could do nothing for nothing but for the woodsman he made it he sharpened it and he used it the moment he throws it aside it becomes only an old iron oh may i then never lose sight of this 
we're here to serve God. We're here to spread God's word and tell people of Jesus. We're here to be humble servants of him. We cannot lose sight of that in the world. We all have shortcomings, and we all need each other to move forward to our heavenly goal. Thank you for listening to today's sermon podcast. If you'd like to know more about this subject or any other Bible topic, send us a message at our Facebook page, The Church of Christ, Wheeler Area.